welcome to the podcast Slavery Unraveled. Conversations about being modern slavery free by Be Slavery Free, a charity working together to prevent, disrupt and abolish modern slavery globally. Welcome to the Slavery Unraveled podcast. Conversations how you can be modern slavery free. And this is Fuzz Kiddo, co-director of Be Slavery Free. In this podcast, we are going to look at child labour as a future blocker, a blocker to children and young people's future. And as an old youth worker and a youth work consultant, as well as uh, being the co-director of Be Slavery Free, this one is close to my heart. Child labour occurs in several ways. What is child labour? Worst forms of child labour? Hazardous child labour? Well, child labour is child la- is defined by the National Labour Organisation, which is a part of the United Nations, as work that deprives children of their childhood, their potential and their dignity, and that is harmful to their physical and mental development and holds them back in their moral development as well. Worst forms of child labour involves children being enslaved, separated from their families, exposed to serious hazards and illnesses, and or left to fend for themselves on the streets of large cities, often at a very early age. Hazardous child labour is work which by its nature or the circumstances in which it's carried out is likely to harm the health, safety or morals of children. It is work which exposes children to physical, psychological or sexual abuse. It includes work underground, underwater, at dangerous heights or in confined spaces, work with dangerous machinery, equipment and tools, uh, or which involves the manual handing of or, or transport of heavy loads, work in an unhealthy environment which may, for example, expose children to hazardous substances, agents, or processes, or to temperatures, noise levels, or vibrations damaging to their health. It's work under particularly difficult conditions, such as working for long hours or during the night, or work where the child is unreasonably confined to the premises of the employer. Worst forms and hazardous child labour includes all forms of slavery, or practices similar to slavery, such as the sale and trafficking of children, debt bondage, serfdom, and forced or compulsory labour, including forced or compulsory recruitment of children for use in armed conflict, what we sometimes know as child soldiers, one of the most devastating ones if you hear any of those stories, which we did in the last podcast, and there'll be some more stories coming up in the podcast in the future. Not all work done by children is classified as child labour. For instance, children carrying out light, non-hazardous tasks on the family farm or for a limited period of time, it might be uh, in a store or it might be around the hound house under supervision and without compromising their schooling uh, is, is considered acceptable child work. So that's child work, not child labour. And we often get asked that, you know, oh, uh, you know, so children can't do anything. Yes, they can. It's really important for their development and for their inclusion in the family and for them to learn practices about work and, and organising themselves. That's child work, not child labour. 
We work a lot with the chocolate industry and the cocoa growing side particularly. The National Cocoa uh, Initiative is a combined company and civil society organisation set up to work on child labour and cocoa growing in West Africa in particular. They explain child labour as a complex issue. The vast majority of cocoa in West Africa is grown by smallholder farmers. Uh, Households in cocoa-growing areas face the realities of rural poverty, such as scarcity of food, uh, food insecurity, limited access to quality education, lack of access to drinking water or clean water, and adequate health services as well. Studies show that most of the children who work on cocoa farms do so within their immediate or extended family. Not all of this is child labour. However, when such work harms a child's health, development or education, it is unacceptable according to internationally agreed conventions that we mentioned before. This can have negative impacts on future generations and as such we consider child labour as both a symptom and a contributing factor to the cycle of poverty. And so the way that we again best understand this, as we were saying in the last podcast, is through story. So let me give you insight to these things we've been talking about in child labour through this story about Karim. He could not understand how he had got into this situation. What could he do? What was happening or going to happen to him now? In Western Africa, in a country called Burkina Faso, there lived a little boy named Karim. His parents named him that because it means one blessed with a creative streak. He was a relaxed, happy child. He had four sisters and three brothers, and Karim was the middle sibling. He worked and and helped around the house and and worked on the family uh, farm as well. Uh, That is when he was not at school. When he was growing up, he loved making things and playing by himself. He would take sticks and stones and make patterns with them and pictures, and sometimes he would find leaves and flowers to make them even more colourful. Karim had a favourite chicken called Chuku. While uh, he made the pictures and played with himself, Chuku would cluck around him and peck at bits of seeds and other food she could find. Um, He liked Chuku. Karim, and he particularly liked eating the eggs that Chuku laid. He would talk to Chuku and tell her about all the things he wanted to do when he got older. He wanted his own hut to live in and have a bed rather than the floor to sleep on. He wanted to have nice things to eat, and above all, he wanted his own bicycle. Then he would ride around the village and out into the fields and discover beautiful things that he'd heard about but had never seen for himself. One day, Karim met Aboto. He was an old storyteller. Karim liked Aboto, and Aboto was fond of Karim. Aboto was the person that Karim liked to spend time with and would listen to his wonderful stories of adventures in places way, way away from the village. Karim decided that he wanted to travel to some of these places and see the beautiful things that Aboto talked about. He wanted to taste the foods and he wanted to watch the beautiful dancers and artists in Aboto's stories. When Karim was about 10 years old, a sad thing happened. His father died. Leaving his mother with eight children, 
things became more and more difficult, and often there was no food at mealtimes. His mother became more and more worried, and the children wondered, wondered what would happen. Karim heard his older brothers and sisters say they might not be able to stay together as a family. Karim was very sad and, and was very scared about this. One day, a man came to the house and is talking to Karim's mother. He seemed to be giving some advice to Karim's mother, but she did not look happy with what she was hearing. Then his mother called him over. She had tears in her eyes. She said to Karim that he was to go with this man and he would find work for him to do in a neighbouring country called Côte d'Ivoire on a cocoa farm. Karim had never heard of cocoa, but he was told it was sold to people to make a thing called chocolate that people in rich countries like to eat. Karim was confused, but then he saw the strange, the strange man, the stranger, give his mother some money, and he saw a relieved look come over her face. But the tears did not stop. Karim went to the stranger who told him to call him uncle. They travelled around some more villages and other boys from 8 to 14 years old joined this uncle too. Then they travelled and travelled and travelled. Karim wondered if he would see and taste some of the things that Aboto had talked about. They left Burkina Faso and travelled to Ghana which was a neighbouring country also and then on to Coupe d'Ivoire, across what was called a soft border. These uh, were strange names to him, and he didn't quite get the idea about what a country was, but it was different. They were met at the border by another man who took them in a truck to the other side of the country. It was such a long way. They travelled for days and days. The roads made the truck bounce and jump around continuously, and Karim was exhausted. But finally, they got to a farm. It was a long way from any village. They were given some boiled rice and shown to a shed with a dirt floor where they had to sleep. From then on, he worked day after day, week after week, clearing weeds around the cocoa trees, carefully cutting the cocoa pods off the trees, spraying the trees with bad-smelling liquid, and then cut open the cocoa pods and take out the beans. He got one day off a week, got no schooling, and was given no money. He had no contact with his family either. He got some bad cuts from the knives, the machetes that they had to use to clear the weeds, and some more from forests, and and sometimes uh, they took weeks to heal. After spraying with the bad-smelling liquid, he would become very sick sometimes. His eyes would burn and his skin would be affected also. He was often wanting more food and had little time to even play with the other boys. He did not know what the cocoa that they were growing was used for. Some people had told him it was for making a thing called chocolate. He did not know what that was for or even what it tasted like. Sometimes the owner of the farm would give them sweets, but it was hard work. He did not know what was going to happen and he would and he wondered if he'd ever get to see his mother again. He longed to hear the stories of Aboto again, go to school and have a bike. How did his mother get tricked into letting him be taken away like this and for so long? 
How did he get in this situation? What was going to happen to him? Eventually, as he got older, he planned an escape. A small truck would come and pick up the bags of dried cocoa beans, and he discovered that there was a small space under the truck for carrying the, the, the hessian bags. So during a pickup, he hid in there. Eventually, after being bounced around over really bad roads, full of potholes, just tracks really, they reached the town. It took ages for him to then get back to home. There was an NGO that he was taken to as people discovered uh, who he was and, and, and what had happened to him. He had no idea where he'd come from apart from coming in the small truck. And they could not work out where he was. When he arrived home, he found that no money was sent home. He had no money for all his work. His family had been split up and his mother was very, very sick. And there was unrest in the country with lots of fighting going on. He was tempted to try and go away to get some work again. Maybe he would be more lucky this time. Or maybe he wouldn't. This is what the desperation of the poverty cycle that makes boys like Karim vulnerable. Uh, vulnerable to risking getting trapped into modern slavery. Vulnerable because of the desperation of the situations they're in, the poverty that they're experiencing, the extreme poverty they're experiencing. In the story of Karim, we see that there was child work when he was at home with his family, working around the farm, playing when he could, and had a chance to start to go to school. Child labour was there when he was taken on to the farm in Côte d'Ivoire. Worst forms of child labour was when he was not paid, was contained on the farm, and hazardous child labour was there when he used machetes and chemical sprays. Plus, he had to work long hours. It was harmful to his development, and he did not go to school to receive any education. So what can you do about situations like Karim, like child labour, that evidence themselves in this way? Well, if you go to our website, beslaveryfree.com, or look up the chocolate scorecard, chocolatescorecard.com, and buy chocolate from the companies who are making an effort to tackle child labour. You'll see that when you look at the chocolate scorecard uh, because it has a section on child labour. It also looks at other areas, and we'll talk more about that in some of the podcasts coming up in the future. In the next podcast, we'll look at some of the other areas of child labour and explain more about our chocolate scorecard. Looking forward to catching you in this next podcast. Hope this has been helpful. This has been Fuzz Kiddo. Well, this has been Slavery Unraveled, conversations about being slavery-free. And remember, if you want more resources, go to our website, beslaveryfree.com. And there you can also donate to us if you click the donate button in the top right-hand corner.